you know, some time ago, episode six, I believe, we talked about aging successfully. Today, I want to define what aging is. It's very important to define what are you aiming for? And of course, how to age successfully. Let's go. Welcome to the Dr. Geo Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Geo, where it is my full intention to help you improve and optimize your prostate health and help you live better with age. Today's podcast is on successful aging, successful aging. How do we age successfully? I gave a, a talk not that long ago, a few weeks ago in Connecticut to a group of naturopathic physicians on this topic of male aging, right? and the, the way where we need to start is, of course, defining aging, right? And the reason why you want to define aging well is because you need to know what you're, what you're shooting for. You need to know your target. If not, if it's too nebulous, you're not going to do much with that, right? Um, and, and I think it's very important to be sort of targeted as to what is the you know um, if you if you watch sports and watch. Uh, um, Things like football and basketball, you know about Tom Brady, for example, who at age 45 played high-level football, right? Uh, LeBron James, who uh, currently is arguably one of the best players, if not the best player in the history of basketball, and he's like 38 years old doing amazing things. Is that genetics? Or is it that they do things to function at a high level? Uh, physical at a physical high level as they are as they age right because you know they are about 80 years old in sports years and in basketball and football years aren't they right so it's important to know what we're targeting for right so what is the definition of aging well if you look at the at uh, the world health organization who uh, they they is still nebulous, right? So the way they define it is the accumulation. So aging is the accumulation of a great variety of molecular and cellular alterations over time, which leads to a gradual decrease in physical capacities and mental disorders, and increased risk of disease and ultimately death. What? <laughs> what? What is that? Right. So if you listen to that definition, which I, I know what it means, but it to me is not clear. And even if it's clear to me, it's not something worthwhile uh, aiming for. So the way I, I would break down aging is two ways. One is pathological aging. Right. So pathology. So this idea of, yep, you can live longer and you living, you're living to whatever age, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. But constantly plagued by disease, constantly plagued by the inability to function well, uh, move around well, and perhaps to some degree have to depend on others to take care of you, right? Which is exactly what I think you and I are trying to avoid. Now, I have to say, despite anyone's definition, this is sort of, I think, my definition of aging, and you may have your own. But can we agree that um, hopefully <laughs> my definition is not too far off from yours? And again, it gives you something to aim for, right? Something to work for, right? So successful aging to me means the, the, the maintenance of physical and mental well-being 
right? Where you are physically and mentally able to do the things you want to do when you want to do it. Being functionally, functionally independent of others in the absence of chronic disease, right? So you lower your risk of heart disease and diabetes and cancer and Alzheimer's and dementia. You lower the risk. By the way, that's a very important point. We're not eliminating the risk with anything, but we're significantly lowering the risk. And if you do over, if you do get a disease of some point, right? Because despite what you do, again, we're lowering the risk. We're not eliminating the risk. You should have the ability to adapt to that change successfully so that you can still do many of the things that you want to do, right? With, with, with time and age. And, the, and then you should have the ability to compensate for any limitations that may, may occur. Let's just say you fall down and break a leg right? You should recover from that successfully with time, physical therapy, surgery, and recover from that, right? So it's, it's not only the absence of disease. Sure, we want to avoid disease if we can, no question, right? But it's also how do we functional function at an optimal level, both mentally, you know, there's one thing that you guys have told me over and over again, patients and so forth have told me is, I really don't. I I don't. I don't want to have dementia. I don't want to lo lose my ability to, uh, for, uh to, to my cognition to decline and to lose my memory. I'm really. I I rather. Uh, I rather have my legs amputated. This is what my many people say. I'm not saying this is your way of thinking, but this is what many people I've spoken to have said. Um, they want to function optimally, both mentally and physically. Me, I tell you, one of my goals is my person. This doesn't have to be your goal, by the way. All right. So, but I do want you to define what is your goal as you age, as you become, I don't know, 50, 60, 70, 80, and 90. Right. What's the goal? My goal is so my eldest is 19 years old, so I don't think she'll pro if she has kids and <laughs> there's no pressure from dad. Uh, but if she does, let's just say she'll have kids maybe at 30 years old. I'm pulling that number out of the air completely. So 11 years from now, at that point, I'll be 61, maybe. Yeah, no, not maybe 61. Then, um, 15 years later, uh, I'll be 75. And my eldest grandchild, again, this may, this plan may be, may not work out at all the way I plan, but let's just say I'll be 75 with my eldest grandkid is 15 years old. And I want to play pickup basketball game with my, with my grandchildren. Right. I want to um, certainly go hiking with my family, all my family members. I want to meet them where they go, as they say, right? I want, if they go hiking, I want to meet them there and go with them there. I want to go wherever they go. If they are living far away from me, I want to get into airplanes, no problem, carry my luggage, put it over the overhead compartment, no problem, for as long as possible, right? So that's my personal goal. I certainly don't want to be on my personal goal is not to be on any pharmaceutical drug. Now, I have to say there are many pharmaceutical drugs that are helpful. And if you need them, like some people are on blood pressure medication, and if you need them, it works very well. 
right? And there's no shame in taking that. But I don't want to be taking, you know, eight, nine, 10 medications if I can avoid it. If I have to, of course I will. But if I can avoid it with lifestyle measures and things, I, I don't want to. Um, I certainly want to be living. <laughs> Let's just start there. And I would like uh, to be living for as long as I can with optimal functionality, both mental and physical. Right. And lastly, I really don't want to uh, be codependent on anyone, any family member, any loved one. That's a big one for me. Right. I, I don't want to be dependent um, in any way on anyone. So those are my goals. What are yours? How do you define successful aging? The, is successful aging somewhat similar to what my definition is? Maybe, you know, maybe you have your own definition. Maybe you can add on to that. But don't make it too long because then it's too much to reach for. You know, like most goals, they need to be concise and, and right to the point. So my what I would suggest is, all right, here's the goal. And here's how I would age successfully. Now, I do a lot of things to that can increase my risk of injury. Now, as I get older, I get I'm more careful. But I participate in sports. I participate in martial arts. You know, I'm riding um, bicycles, um, and I participate in physical activities. And I don't plan to stop that. With that comes some risk. So. Part of my lifestyle is to reduce the risk of any injury. Again, it doesn't eliminate the risk. It reduces the risk. And of course, I want to um, lower that risk and continue doing the things that I love to do. So that's me because I want to do things that make me happy. What are the things that you want to do as you age that will make you happy so that you can age successfully and actually do better with age, right? Do better with age. So that was a part of the conversation with my colleagues. And then I sort of broke it down, right? Um, what are we trying to accomplish here, right? At, a, at a, a physical level, at a cellular level, what are we trying to accomplish? Well, in my research with aging, and again, a lot of it that I uh, focus on is on male aging, but I think a lot of it can be helpful for females as well. So one of the things is, and the way I presented it was um, that possibly aging is a muscle problem. A muscle problem. What, what do I mean? What do I mean? How can, aging, how can aging be a muscle problem? Here's what I mean. And I'm going to break this down for you as if you are in a biology class only for, and it's going to be like a fifth grade biology class, not because um, I don't think you are smart <laughs> and I don't want to undermine your intelligence in any way. But, um, you know, if you've never taken biology, this, you know, or it's been a while, uh, you know, you want to keep it simple. All right. In our bodies, there are three muscle types. There is smooth muscle. There is cardiac muscle and there's skeletal muscle, right? So the smooth muscles and a lot of it is the um, the uh, sort of the architecture of the of each of each tissue, uh, and that's part of what the, and location, right? So smooth muscles are found muscles of the bladder, 
uh, muscles of your blood vessels. Your blood vessels are smooth muscles. Um, your part of your prostate is a smooth muscle. Um, lungs. Uh, penis. The penile muscles are smooth muscles, right? So those are the smooth muscles, and I'm, I'm sure there's others. Then it's the cardiac muscle. Those are heart muscles. And then you have your skeletal muscles. These are the muscles that are attached to your bones where now you can move, right? You can move your, your body. Those are the three muscle types. In my experience and in my research, damage to the muscles are one of the biggest problems in aging. For example, high blood pressure. That's a blood vessel problem, isn't it? And that's a smooth muscle. High blood pressure. Blood pressure. Um, urination problems, urinary problems. That's typically a bladder problem or a prostate problem or both. Uh, erectile dysfunction. That's a, oftentimes could be a muscle problem. Um, inability to breathe properly or low, what's called low VO2 max. Um, that's a muscle, a smooth muscle problem. Right. Then you have the cardiac muscles, which can be, you know, so a lot of the cardiac muscles are oftentimes caused by blood vessels. So let's say there's a plaque in the artery. So that's a smooth muscle problem. But the cardiac muscle itself can, if it's damaged from, um, from a heart attack uh, or just cardiomyopathy, right, different problems with the muscles of the heart, that can cause cardiovascular problems. Then you have the skeletal muscles that if you're not careful, that muscle wasting or sarcopenia, which is the medical term for uh, natural muscle wasting, um, occurs. And then what happens there, you have metabolic problems. So this is where you have, you know, where, where you eat something and you, you metabolically don't um, take care of what you eat. Uh, your body's not efficient in what it does with what you eat. And so that you develop insulin problem, insulin resist diabetes, which leads to inflammation and other things. Um, the studies are very clear that sarcopenia is a major cause of pathological aging. Right? So muscle, so you want to keep as much muscle as possible as you age. So I think that, um, I think that in part, um, and, then, and then when you have muscle problems, skeletal, doesn't matter, then it leads to other problems. It can, because you have metabolic problems, that can lead to dementia and Alzheimer's. That can lead to cancer. You know, that can lead to a heart attack. Right? So I do think that um, keeping strong muscles, all three, is a major component of aging successfully. Before we continue, let's give a little love to today's sponsor. You know, I always say, no man wakes up in the morning and says, wow, I can't wait to get that prostate biopsy today, right? <laughs> no man does. And the PSA test, we know, is not the greatest screening tool for prostate cancer. Well, now we have the ExoDX 
prostate test, which is the only risk assessment tool available as an at-home collection kit so patients can provide a specimen in the comfort and convenience of their home. The ExoDX prostate test has been included in the NCCN guidelines since 2019 for early detection of prostate cancer, and it's a simple no digital rectal prostate exam required urine-based test for men over 40, or if there's a PSA roughly in that gray zone between two and 10 nanograms per milliliter to determine if you indeed need a prostate biopsy. So ask your urologist about the ExoDX prostate test. So that is that. All right, what do we do about it? How do we keep good muscle? How do we keep good smooth muscles? How do we keep uh, good cardiovascular muscles? And how do we keep uh, good skeletal muscle, right? So you cannot talk about particularly skeletal muscles um, without talking about testosterone in men, right? So the idea here is, and by the way, I have great results with a recent, recent small study in a herbal formula. So stay tuned. I'm just whetting your appetite here. There's an herbal formula that I'm looking to formulate that might, <laughs> might uh, increase testosterone and not only increase total testosterone, but increase free testosterone. So stay tuned. Testosterone is an important chemical to keep muscle. Now, a lot of you listening or some of you listening, probably many of you listening, are on androgen deprivation therapy where your testosterone is depleted intentionally for medical reasons for prostate cancer, right? So many of you don't have testosterone levels at a decent amount. I understand. No, no worries, okay? Because the way you keep skeletal muscle, right? So testosterone does have an effect on skeletal muscle is testosterone, weightlifting, and uh, proper protein consumption. So when you don't have testosterone, you have to bank on uh, protein intake and weight-resistant exercise. If you're not on ADT or androgen deprivation therapy, then you want good testosterone levels and then you want good free testosterone because it does stimulate skeletal muscle production. And I would suggest when you get um, the conversation I want you to have with your physician is that they need to um, they need to figure out how much free testosterone you have. Dr. Gio, why do I need to ask my physician to look for free testosterone? Aren't they doing that already? Isn't that part of the panel? <laughs> it may or may not be. The deal is that oftentimes they just order for total testosterone, which doesn't tell you much, honestly. Um, in order for you to know if you have low testosterone, you have to measure free testosterone and you, the amount of the percentage free testosterone that you need is about 2 to 2.5% free testosterone. Okay. And it doesn't matter how much total you have if it's not. 2 to 2.5%. It's not happening. And oftentimes, because the insurance companies don't pay or don't want to pay for free testosterone levels or they don't pay for the treatments, um, all the insurance, com the insurance companies pay for when your testosterone level is be below 300. Period. End of story. 
Okay. So, um, and this is part of the problem. This is a systemic medical problem. So oftentimes it's not necessarily your, your physician is the insurance companies that are, that dictate what physicians do. That's, uh, yeah, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to jump on a soapbox, uh, with the medical system and what's happening in medicine, but that's kind of what's happening. Bottom line is that you need to know what's, how much free testosterone you have. Again, this, this is for those that are not on ADT. Okay. And, um, and there are many ways to um, optimize and increase testosterone. Stay tuned. Um, I do have a, a podcast coming up on an episode coming up on testosterone with an expert, Dr. Mohit Kara. Um, and I have another one on natural approaches for increasing testosterone that we're going to uh, take a deeper dive in. Okay. But you need the, the takeaway here is that you need proper free testosterone levels. Okay. The other is, um, you need, and by the way, there's the the nine hallmarks on aging, right? And, th and that includes several things. That includes genetics, right? So yeah, you can have a predisposition to a genetic, uh, uh, to a disease. You, you may have a pre-genetic predisposition to a disease. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you will get the disease. And this is where uh, proper lifestyle and natural approaches may be helpful. Right. Because there's this other component uh, uh, in terms of the nine hallmarks called epigenetics and epigenetics implies that. The, envi the environmental things that you are exposed to, including perhaps things that you consume, may have an impact on your genetic risk. In other words, there are some things that may um light up your genetic risk to cancer, let's just say, or prostate. If you have a genetic, pre genetic predisposition to cancer. But there is no epigenetic elements that will trigger that disease, let's say for cancer, then you lower your risk of getting cancer. But now, if you have a, 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 a if you have a genetic predisposition um, and have also exposed yourself to all, all kinds of environmental, whether it's your environment, the breath, the air that you breathe, that is perhaps with toxic elements, the food that you consume, uh, low exercise not sleeping well, things like that, that will probably, you know, start the cancer process in your body, which you don't want. And that's the same thing for cardiovascular disease, same thing for Alzheimer's, same thing for everything. So there's an epigenetic component to all these things. The other thing is mitochondrial health. That's another hallmark. Um, so mitochondria is this um, this part of you, you learned uh, you learned it in um, in probably grammar school as the powerhouse of the cell, and that was sort of it, right? But it turns out that this is um, this is new um, form of uh, medicine, uh, if you will, called mitochondrial medicine, where um, this particular what's called organelle of the cell is is powerful in terms of your aging process because the, the the mitochondria gives you energy right it gives you energy to do things and to keep you functioning and well and if there's if there's mitochondrial dysfunction then you're less likely to function properly and well and optimally so so keeping your mitochondria healthy is really important 
right? And and we'll we'll stop there. But those are those are the main elements of the hallmarks of aging. Telomeres is another one, right? Those the telomeres are like the ends of a, a shoelace. The longer the plastic part, the longer the telomere, the healthier you are. That's another hallmark. So anyway, all right. So what do we do? Right? What do we do? Um, from a lifestyle perspective. The four key elements to actually, there's probably five. There is um, nutrition and the food you eat uh, and the food you don't eat and how much you eat. There is nutraceutical supplements and dietary supplements. That's probably part of the nutritional component. Then there's exercise. Then there's sleep. And there, then there's community, your, your, your engagement with others, with people, your ability to engage with people. When you look at the, um, the blue zones, which these are areas, the five areas around the world where there's a high number of people that live to be 100 or more, a big component of it, all the diets are different. Some of the diets are not great. And when you look at people that live centenarians, right, that live over 100, some of them smoke. They don't have great diets all the time. But they have community. That is one commonality, community. Right? So interaction with others. One of the main things that I think that um, the pandemic uh, really, how it harmed people is when, this, when people were enclosed in their homes for so long. I think that really caused an impact. Right? Don't you think? I think that caused an impact on people and people's health. Right? So community. Is another one. All right. I throughout uh, many episodes in this in the past, we've spoken about diet in some detail, exercise in some detail. So I want to give you an overview here, specifically on how to and uh, specifically for aging successfully. Is that cool? Is that all right with you? I mean, I just want you to do something today, and I want you to prioritize uh, because I'm going to say a lot of things, perhaps, and you say, "Well, God, where do I start?" Well, you're going to start in the area that you're most uh, challenged with is where you're going to start. You're going to start, you're going to do one thing of everything I'm going to say right now, just one that's really going to start that process for you in terms of, you know, aging successfully and keeping your cells healthy and these muscles working properly. So, and there is no, there is no, um, it's not in any order per se. Uh, let me take that back. All the four elements that I'm talking about, including um, engagement with other people and things and family and friends, they're all important. Um, but I'm going to I am going to tell you in some sort of descending order of importance. So if you need to start, what's the number one thing? Now, this is difficult. Right. As I always say, it's like <laughs> it's like, right? it's like asking me, you know, which one of your three kids you love most? I love them all. No, 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 no. Which one of your three kids you love most? Oh, no way. You got to tell me, right? So it's not that one is better than the other necessarily, but it might be to some degree, to a very small degree, but all four are important. So here we go. If you got to start with one thing, one change to age successfully, nothing else, nothing else for now, right? To start with, it is exercise, physical exercise. And I think that it involves both weight resistant exercise so you have to push and pull heavy things for a certain amount of repetitions anywhere between 6 to 12 repetitions 
right? Because what that does is it stimulates and keeps mitochondrial health healthy, particularly the more weight you push and pull intelligently without right injury. And it keeps muscles. You keep muscle and you keep strength, physical strength. Studies are very clear that stronger people are, the less, the less they die. Just physical strength, pure strength, right? So physical exercise. If you don't sleep well, if you love to eat and you love to eat crappy food, I would suggest for you not to eat crappy food. But you know what? You got to start somewhere. Physical exercise. So that includes weight-resistant exercise, weight training, push and pull heavy things, and cardiovascular for about 30 minutes at about a heart rate of uh, anywhere, you know, 180 minus your age, give or take. So if you're in really good health, it's 180 minus your age, add 10 points to that, and you want your heart rate to be there for 30 minutes or just 180 over your, uh, minus your age and that's it. Or if you're not in great physical shape on a lot of pharmaceutical medications, um, then it's 180 minus your age and then take another 10 points off and that should be your heart rate. So figure that out for yourself. But the bottom line is 30 to 60 minutes of some cardiovascular rowing um, on a treadmill, going for walks or on the park, which is actually better. Right, get some sunlight. That's helpful. So physical exercise. If you need to some, so start somewhere, that's where you need to start. The next thing, again, hard to it's hard to prioritize, all important, but we have to start somewhere, is sleep. Now, sleep for some of you is very difficult, but I'll tell you this. I find that a lot of it is behavioral. I really do. You know the amount of people that are in their gadgets, their de electric devices, and right? scrolling down on different things whilst laying in bed i would say i would argue that's probably the first thing to 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 stop doing and stop that habit and do and 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 what, that's one of the first things to resolve is electric devices uh exposure to electric devices while you're laying in bed right um and there, is, there are podcast episodes on sleep. I won't get my, and Dr. Geo. Do, listen, folks, if you're not part of the, if you, if I don't have your email, uh, drgeo.com newsletter, shame on you. No, I don't want to shame you. <laughs> Just kidding. But um, I do send um, information through my email list that you're not going to get anywhere else. So um, go ahead and sign up to the Dr. Geo. Uh, dot com newsletter. It's right on drgeo.com. In any event, sleep. Um, so figure out how you may have sleep apnea and you may need a CPAP. And I know it's too uncomfortable. Look, everybody gets over it. It's everything is about trade off. If you want to live better and you want to age successfully, it's trade off. So yeah, this darn machine that I need to wear. Okay. But you're going to wake up more refreshed. You're going to sleep better. You're going to breathe better while you're sleeping. So figure out what your sleep issues are and go get it. Then third is diet. And when I talk about diet, it's really mostly how not to eat so much. And that's the first part of that conversation. I The first thing is to eat less because we all eat too much. Before we start talking about 
eat this way and eat like that. And I don't, you know, diets become like uh, political affiliations, right? And it starts separating people and diets become like religion. We don't want that. I don't want that, right? There's a cultural component to how, how we eat. There's a, an engagement component of how we eat where people get together, which again is very important. So if food brings people together, I don't want to get into some diet or people getting into diets where people are not getting together. Or, you know, for diet to be in any way a form of, of uh, you know, a form of people not engaging. Um, so there are, again, much information on drgeo.com and on the podcast episodes on, you know, diet. And But the first thing you need to do is just eat less. Eat less. Uh, you may not need more than two meals a day unless you do because you're malnourished. And yes, that's why diet. some dietary guidelines are important because you need to be nourished when you eat. But just start by eating less. Okay. And engagement. So engagement is fourth on the list because if you're not healthy and you don't feel good about yourself, you don't want to engage with others. And if you start having too many dietary restrictions, it's going to be harder to engage with people. Right. And if you're not sleeping well, you're more irritable. So who wants to be with you? <laughs> who wants to be hanging around with you if you're irritable? No, no yeah, I don't. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, so that's why those three things are more, you know, are it's in some level of priority. And, it, you know, from with, with exercise and through exercise, guys, listen, you get a lot of bang for your buck. Um, I'm never going to ask you to love exercise. Some of you will never even like it. I am asking you to do it anyway. And you don't need to be motivated to get going. Just go. Just go every day. Do something physical for 10 to 30 to 60 minutes a day. Because the reality is, guys, look, the, the number one thing that you care about most because you've told me and I'm listening is you want to spend more good quality moments with the people you love. Isn't that what you're trying to accomplish? So let's get to it, right? It, we, aging is a sport. So you want to train yourself like LeBron James and Tom Brady for their sport. You want to train yourself to age successfully is not going to come easy. You have to do the work. It's not gonna. It's not like when we were twenty five years old that you could go all night drinking, wake up no problem, go to work. Or no, you have to make conscious decisions day to day on and then little by little, and have your goal in mind, have your successful aging definition in mind daily. So it's not only about instant gratification. It's how I'm going to live tomorrow, next week, next year, and in 10 years. And that's the way you want to think about it. So I hope this, this episode helps you with a different way of looking at aging, uh, a better definition, and with some applicable tools so that you too can live better with age. This is Dr. Geo signing off. I'll talk to you next time. Sponsor partner has a product I use literally every day. I'm talking about AG1. 
You know, I've been using green powders mixed in drinks for a long time, and it has not always been a great experience, right? The powder clumps up a little bit. It tastes horrible, but you know what? You chug it anyway because it's good for you. AG1 changed the game. With In AG1, you have 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day the right way. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, and energy to help you recover and focus and help you age successfully. To make it easy, AG1 is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Dr. Geo. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash Dr. Geo to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Dr. Geo podcast. You can watch all episodes of this podcast and much more by subscribing to my YouTube channel on youtube.com forward slash Geo Espinoza ND. If you love what you heard today, you can help by leaving a five-star review of the podcast on Apple and Spotify, as each review helps us reach more men who are serious about improving their urological health and how to function better with age. And for the latest research and actionable takeaways in the world of men's health and integrative urology, sign up for my newsletter at drgeo.com. I'll see you next time. And now for a brief disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and we're not forming a doctor-patient relationship through this medium. The use of the information and all links associated with this podcast is at the listener's risk and is not to replace medical advice from a physician or a healthcare practitioner. Lastly, Thoughts and opinions related to this podcast are my own and may not reflect the views of any institution or organization I'm associated with.